Hello and welcome to Blackwell's Presents. My name is Sean Kane. I'm a books journalist at The Guardian and a former bookseller of this parish, the wonderful labyrinth in Blackwell's Bookshop in Oxford. Independent Bookshop Week is part of the Books of My Bag campaign run by the Booksellers Association and seeks to celebrate independent bookshops in the UK and Ireland, particularly the booksellers who make bookshops what they are. All this week, we're sharing the stories of some of the booksellers at Blackwell's in Oxford. And today, sitting in the old gaffer's office with me is Alex, who works in the events team. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hi. So so tell us a little bit about what your job uh, entails. So I'm one of two events coordinators. We're very lucky here to have like an events team. There's two of us. Um, And we pitch for authors and get them to come into the shop or sometimes big outside venues and yeah, organise everything behind the events, staffing and ordering the books, um, and then looking after the authors on the day as well. So it's, it's a really fun job. Mm. And, and especially being in Oxford as well, which is sort of such a hub of knowledge, you must get some fantastic people in. Yeah, we are so lucky with just local authors, <laughs> like Philip Pullman, we've got an event with him, he's only doing two events for the Secret Commonwealth, and one of them is here with us in the Sheldonian, October the 6th. Um, <laughs> Very good at your park. job. <laughs> um, and he's great, and he says that this is his favourite bookshop mm. and that's brilliant because we can put that on everything <laughs> um, yeah but we're very lucky and we're also because we're close to London it's an easy hour train ride so we get like we had Billy Bragg a couple of weeks ago and mm. that was really exciting and we get a lot of good people we're very lucky yeah so have you got any sort of standouts in your mind people that have been favourites for you or any surprises actually I think there are a couple that we that stand out in my mind um we had Caroline Criado Perez with Invisible Women Mm. and it was a sold out event in the Norrington room and that was just amazing the atmosphere there was so good Um, and she's a brilliant speaker she was in conversation with Lucy Ann Holmes um, who wrote Don't Hold My Head Down and they know each other so it was a really good like flowing conversation and they're both so knowledgeable about their areas and about women um so that was a really good one Mm. and then sometimes you get surprises I did an event with Brian Fagan on the little history of archaeology which we didn't sell millions of tickets it was quite small (laughs) but he's such a good talker and at the end he every single person there asked a question right and it was like a real conversation. There was, was one woman who I think had been dragged along by her family. <laughs> and at the end, he sort of specifically went to her and was like, did you want to ask something? And she was sort of going like, oh, no, I'm okay. And he was like, oh, are you sure or anything? And I think she just asked him like what his favourite colour was. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and it was great. And it was just like this really good conversation. So sometimes those events that you think, oh, this, this is good, but it's maybe not like my particular interest end up being fascinating. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. And so then in terms of um, your role, in a bookshop, um, you've previously worked as a bookseller. You worked in the children's department. Yes. So what, ha- what has drawn you to working in bookshops and being a bookseller? So I've been a bookseller now for 12 years um, in three different shops. And like a lot of people, initially it was like, oh, I just need a job while I work out what I'm going to do with my life. Like I'm sure so many people say that. Um, and like a lot of people, I started as a Christmas temp. <laughs> yes. Um, I was working on Oxford Street and I was there to do like replenishment during night. So I was literally just shelving so across the night. Was this Oxford Street in London? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so yeah. busy Christmas. Really then. busy. And my first day, I was so the whole of December, I just did night shifts until Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Eve, I was on the shop floor. I hadn't met half the staff because they'd all just been there during day, but I knew where every single book was. <laughs> so it was great. Um, but what drew me to it? I think I've 
come from a family that love reading. We've always had millions of books around. I love reading. I enjoy writing. And I think it just always seemed... It's really easy to get that kind of fantasy idea about what it's like to work in a bookshop. Yes. Um, and although that's not really what it's like, you don't get to sit around all day and read books. Yes. It's not like black books. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just knew it was something that I would be really interested in. Mm. I've worked in other retail jobs where I didn't have an interest in the product. Yeah. And like I worked in a stationery shop for a bit and I love stationery. You do? Oh, good. there's only so many times you go, yeah, that notebook's really cute. <laughs> and that's all you can really say. Like, yeah. oh, the paper's really good. Um, whereas books, you know, you've got your favourites. You've got the ones you hate even. And yeah. people can ask you your opinions on them and you can have real conversations. So it's a really fun way to... To, yeah, yeah, be in retail. And the funny, the, the amazing thing with booksellers is it's always, um, even when booksellers, I'd say, are not people, people, mm. they, the part of what is the joy in, in, in bookselling is is th that interaction with customers and getting to sort of, yeah. I guess, push your tastes onto other people, <laughs> which is an absolute um, thrill. Um, but have you got any sort of standout, have you got any favourite customers? Do you have any uh, memories of, of uh, interactions you've had that really uh, bring you joy? I think being in the children's department, there's that was a really nice way of talking to people. You get a lot of people coming in who are quite scared of children's books. Yes. If you don't have children, then there's absolutely no reason why you would know like what books are coming out. And I think one of my favourite things would be someone coming in with that panicked look on their face of like, I'm going to stay with a friend for a weekend and they've got children and I want to buy them a present and what can I get them? And just being able to be like, oh, come with me <laughs> um, and just show them everything that we have. That's always one of my favourite things. I think now with events, my we've got a few customers who come to just everything mm -hmm. um, and it's great when they come sort of back to you and say oh that was really good I really enjoyed that one because you know they've been to lots of other things yes like I trust their opinion <laughs> and also those customers who've never been to an event when they come up to you at the end and like that was amazing I love that I'm gonna come to loads of other things and I'm just like I'll see you around that's always really nice I feel like I've made a friend yeah and so then in terms of the spectrum then of the events that you do you mm. must you know, have very eclectic um sort of schedules we do we do because we do everything from a weekly story time in the children's department, which sometimes is just like most of the time is just members of staff reading, but sometimes we'll get picture book authors in talking about that up to, you know, we had Stephen Pinker in the Sheldonian theater, like sold out. So there's a real variety. And sometimes when I'm talking to publishers and trying to get like pitch for their authors, they'll say, oh, what, what kind of audience do you get? And it's a really hard question <laughs> to answer because, see, we're right in the centre of Oxford. So for all the universities, students, we get, like, that group in a lot, obviously. We do a lot of daytime events where we get a lot of retired people because they're the people who are around during the day. But mm. also, I think, because there are so many academics, you maybe have a slightly more flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. um, so that really varies so yeah it's it's a real change because and that's one of the things that I really like is that it's it's variety like no day's ever the same no events ever the same it's yeah it's a pretty fulfilling job yes <laughs> so if you um in terms of then putting into words about what it means to you to be in the book trade and um it's often my experience that people have quite an emotional connection to to book selling as a job yeah absolutely I think 
sharing that joy of reading with people is something you know it's a genuine real pleasure and something Mm. I think is really important especially you know with the children's books like setting someone up if you get a child reading and get them loving reading that's them set for life Mm. um in terms of the events as well we're really keen to try and reach out beyond the center of oxford you know oxford's such a diverse city and you can come and walk down broad street and not know that because the university and a lot of the center is so you know like middle-aged white men basically yeah so that's something that's really important there and something that we really try and do and something we do get really emotional about um and we had a mental health festival we, we might do again but at the end of may and again it was just something that we all really felt passionately about and it's just great to be able to take that passion you know get authors in and share that with the rest of the world hmm. well we are recording this as part of uh, independent bookshop week um so if you had to share some books with the world, mm-hmm. what would be your five books that you'd be putting in the hands of, of those people if they came into the shop? Okay, well, the first one I finished reading last night. I was in a cafe reading, finished reading Frankenstein, the new Jeanette Winterson. It's amazing. Yes. Trying to talk about it at the moment without swearing is very hard <laughs> because I'm just so, I'm at that point where I haven't quite managed to articulate what I love about it Mm. but it's just wonderful I've never read any Jeanette Winston before oh fantastic which I am definitely gonna change yeah her just her writing style is amazing she blends so many different like themes and even like timelines together in this really seamless way where it's you know it's really well written it's really intelligently written but there's it's never style over substance Mm -hmm. it's got it's got everything and yeah, if you're interested in Frankenstein as a book, if you're interested in Mary Shelley, if you're interested in just like human nature and what it is to be a human and be an embodied person, it's just brilliant. It's the novel for you. Yes, I, just, <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> and so number two. Number two is also one that I just finished reading, Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, um, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Harstark. If you haven't listened to my favourite murder podcast... Listen to all of that first. <laughs> There's only like 200 episodes. That's it. I mean, I, so when did I start listening to it? I started listening to it maybe like a year and a half ago and just binged yes. all of it and then had that horrible moment of like, oh no. You I, stopped I trusting strangers? all of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, went through, I did go through a bit of a like, everyone's trying to kill me face. Yes. And I had to have a week Because it is a true crime podcast. So yeah, if you listen to too many in a row, you do start suspecting that everyone might murder you. Yeah. But it is very good. But, and it's very funny. <laughs> and it really is that great balance of true crime and comedy. They talk about a lot of like mental health stuff as well. Mm. They're just wonderful. And when I found out the book was coming out, mm. I was just like, I... Like, I've just been so excited. We tried so hard to get an event with them. Oh, really? Which, which didn't happen. It fine. might still. One Fingers day. crossed. One day. Um, and it's sort of a memoir, isn't it? Yeah. Strange kind it's, of hybrid. It's book. an interesting that it's, it's sort of self-help in a way. It's memoir. There's the true crime stuff in there as well. Mm. Um, and it's really funny. So it's, it's all these things. I mean... There's loads of little in-jokes if you listen to the podcast as well, which is just like little things that I think are just hilarious. And you're like, oh, I understand this. So you feel like you're part of this like family, mm. which is great. Um, and I I laughed, I happy cried, and I sad cried oh, there you during go. that book. It had there's your, there's yourself. all of the emotions, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Number three. Yeah. Number three, um, going back to my children's book selling roots, The Hate You Give, 
Angie Thomas. Yeah. Just, it's amazing. The film's great as well. It's a brilliant adaptation. Not always the case. Yeah, and it stays really faithful. Mm. It stays faithful. It includes a little bit of everything that's in the book. So you don't feel like, oh, that's a shame they cut that bit out, which, you know, obviously you do have to do. Um, But the book's great. It's inspired by her own life and by the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's it's really powerful. Um, and she's just a brilliant writer. Mm, That's yeah. another person who I haven't met. And I, I, everyone I know who's met her has said she's really lovely. So, mm. um, and then on the come up as well. Just like sneak in a... That was her second novel. novel second one. And I read that thinking, oh, I can't, it's no way is it going to be as good because mm. The Hate You Give is just amazing. And then it is just as good. Mm. And that one's about a, a sort of a young uh, sort of amateur rapper that's yeah, which, helping yeah. her family. Yeah, and it's also based on Angie Thomas's own life um, in that she was also a rapper when she was younger. And it means that the raps in it that she's written mm. are really good. Really, actually, genuinely good. Really good. Oh, great. So there's none of that awkward, like, oh, no. <laughs> You've attempted to write a song. Yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. It's, it's, just, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. So does that count as three and four, or is that... I don't know. I wasn't going to mention on the We'll do three and, and a half. Yeah. Okay, half. so it's we're now special, on four. <laughs> special bonus one. Um, number four, I also... A lot of books that I've just read that I'm excited about, basically. That's um, totally fine. Yeah, From Here to Eternity by Caitlin Doughty, mm. which is she works as a funeral director in California. And she's um, basically promoting natural burials and also people being in touch with like the bodies and stuff of their family and being part of the burial process and the funeral process. Mm and um she's she has written another book but in this one she travels to various places in the world to see about their burial customs and especially places where people have a very like intimate relationship with dead bodies Mm. which like in britain and in america is kind of really like freaky to us like we don't really do that um and i've got uh i've got a master's degree in death studies so i did before i got Uh And I wish this book had been around then because it's just amazing. She's a really personable writer as well. Mm. So even though she's writing about something that could be quite heavy, it's just a real joy to read. Yes. Um, And it's really interesting. It makes you think about, yeah, what we do with our bodies after we die and like why we do it in that way and why in this country we do have such a like distant relationship to death, which I don't think is always very healthy. Mm. Um, But yeah, from here to eternity, really enjoyed it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And final book. Final book. Well, I'm because I knew I was going to have five, and it's a really <laughs> tricky thing. And I sort of sat here and thought, right, what book do I think is basically perfect? Um, and I went for a release by Patrick Ness, mm. which I read sort of twice in a row. I literally put it down, picked it back up again. Oh, amazing! Again. It's it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yes, because half of it is the story of this young gay man on this really sort of important day in his life they're getting towards the end of high school people are preparing to go away it's all leading up to this sort of party in the evening when he's going to say goodbye to them and it's the day when he comes out to his family right so that's like a huge story but at the same time this sort of goddess evil spirit has been released that this fawn is chasing down that might lead to the end of the world great so he's got a lot on his plate. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's these two stories that kind of, they're sort of interweaving, but he's not necessarily aware of this strange sort of ghostly 
spooky other story happening and it is really odd but they just they do weave together really well Mm. and like I just think it's ingenious how he does it the way he writes about like emotion and family there's this scene with the main character and his brother who's away at um like university but I think then just be a missionary and the conversation that they have about his sexuality and stuff is just like fascinating really well done everything reads in a really believable way even though there's this fantasy element to it as well it's amazing and it's yeah it's just beautiful it's a really beautiful book and is it sort of classed as young adult fiction yeah Mm. young adult Mm. yeah i basically had this moment like i really want to have some patrick ness on this list because i just think he's a genius Mm. Um, and And he's written so many so it's quite hard to choose yeah that's it and i was gonna say knife of never letting go because the film of that's coming out Mm. quite soon and i can't imagine how they're gonna make it as a film no because in the book they're on this planet where you can hear everyone's thoughts. And this is rendered very graphically in the book where you'll have like big, like scratchy kind of writing of people's thoughts being kind of shouted. And it's basically driving everyone insane. Mm. Um, and there are no women there. And there was all just these men dealing with their anger and emotions, and basically shouting everything at each other. And I don't know how you're going to make that as a film. So yes. I'm like, I want everyone to read the book yes. first. Read the book first before the film. That is usually a pretty good rule. Yes. <laughs> and that was great. And I read those. I binged them in, you know, a big block because I couldn't put them down. Um, oh, I've managed to fit so many extra books. I know. I was about five. to say, we've got number five is the entire works yeah. of Patrick yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on Alex I kind of want to finish with uh, the question what is your favourite colour my favourite colour this is a a good question dark red very dark Dark red red. Mm. great fantastic any reason I don't know I just I I find it like warming but I also think it's a bit it's a bit edgy excellent when I was like 15 I'd have just been black yeah but um, I feel like dark red dark red it takes you into the emo uh, yeah (laughs) I'm I'm touching on goth but I've not gone fully there (laughs) well thank you so much Alex for coming on and thank you for listening to this very special episode of Blackwell's Presents. If you'd like to get in touch, do head to Twitter and contact us on at Blackwell Oxford and at Books Are My Bag. From me, Sean Kane, happy reading. <laughs>